Well, we already recorded four hours worth of podcast today, but we're going to have to do some more because Phil Jackson, Ramona Shelburne, and Woj both reporting that Phil is going, whether he's going to be fired or they are going to part ways, whatever you want to call it, he's out. Can't believe it. For those people who care about swearing on podcasts, I am giving you fair warning right now, pausing for a second. What a fucking train wreck. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I, I was thinking back to The Snake, which is this poem slash song that has been around. And basically the kind of the, the premise of it is you knew damn well I was a snake before you took me in. And while it's entirely possible that James Dolan did not know when he hired Phil Jackson years ago that he that this was going to happen, he did know when he picked up the remaining time on his contract that things were going to go the way they did, yet he still picks it up, lets Phil run the draft, and then lets him go yeah not good and so to get to the tenor of these reports ramona has been tweeting she said that the conversations between jackson and james dolan accelerated when the knicks decided that they would not buy out carmelo anthony and phil made it known that he was wanted the organization to move on from carmelo felt like they couldn't do anything until they did and phil had no plans to continue beyond the remaining two years on his contract so i guess the implication there is well jackson felt like hey my hands are are cut so i can't do anything in here anyway why am i still here and james Dolan seeing uh th- that's probably i would say ramona is probably more likely from phil's side given that she covered the lakers knows him from that time Woj, on the other hand does not talk to phil but he's tight with caa that's his agency as well and caa of course carmelo's agency was at once i think they still are and so Woj probably a little bit more from the non-phil side and and he's always been killing Phil, which probably means that Phil doesn't talk to him. That's usually how it works with Woj. So Woj saying they are planning to part ways with him in the morning. Multiple sources told him that. And Steve Mills could transition the franchise through free agency. Great time. Pretty amazing that both the Cavs and Knicks now are going to be in just an utter disarray like this. But uh, oh, I Woj wonder reporting. if there's any common thread between those two teams. <laughs> Dolan Wood says become increasingly concerned about Jackson's fitness for the job in the aftermath of Jackson entertaining trades for Porzingis and then goes on to kill Jackson's record which uh, is eminently killable. So obviously we thought that Phil deserved to be fired. We thought it was ridiculous that the remaining two years on his option got picked up. Uh, and now Phil, I mean, you could almost make the argument even that maybe Phil, he's like trying to get fired, that this is the best thing for him. He, he gets his money and he doesn't have to work at all. Yeah, he was able to succeed where George Costanza failed. So congratulations to him for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, James Dolan is no George Steinbrenner when it comes to, to being an owner. Uh, so I, I think a basic question that we that we should discuss here is how good is the Knicks job? You know, so obviously Dolan is in many ways a hard guy to work for, but in other ways... I mean, you get you can get a lot of money. He Jackson got more rope than I think a lot of people would have with this job. I mean, he also got a lot more money with with that. And so, like, if you were David Griffin, if you were Sam Hankey, and I'm not saying Dolan's going to come calling for them. I'm not sure. How would you feel about taking that position? Well, if he's willing to pay me as much as he paid the guy he just fired, pretty good. <laughs> if I could get 12 mil a year, sign me up for that. And, you know, supposedly, I mean, D- Dolan was more hands off, if not totally hands off here. And 
Phil may have wanted Carmelo to get bought out. Dolan maybe didn't. Maybe that's reading the tea leaves there of, of Ramona's tweet saying the conver- conversations accelerated on Jackson leaving when the Knicks decided they wouldn't buy out Carmelo. So, I mean, there's always going to be issues at MSG. I mean, Phil wanted to remove some people. Donnie Walsh wanted to remove some people. And, you know, there are some cronies there that are just always going to stick around. So it's going to be hard. I mean, Dolan's just going to have to pay, but it's not like David Griffin. I mean, his contract ended, you know, Sam Hinky is a free agent as well and so it'll be interesting I mean I I would interview at least see what it what it was like there but you know maybe it'll be someone else maybe it'll just be Steve Mills for a while who really knows at this point but I mean I think the the big thing that's most important to me even more so than Jackson's disastrous personnel moves was just this commitment to the triangle and like I'm so glad to see this happening just so we don't have to deal with this triangle crap anymore like I mean we did their offseason preview the other day and I was like, I have no idea how to even evaluate the players that they're getting because they have to play in the triangle. If they can go back to a real system, they can actually run some pick and pops for Porzingis and, you know, let Nilakina run a pick and roll, though. I mean, they already drafted Phil's guy instead of Dennis Smith as well. They may rue that one, at least in my opinion. We'll see. So that, that's obviously you, you railed against how ridiculous it was to let him do the draft. And uh, after he, the writing should have been on the wall in a while. But I think it just, a lot of people have said, that Phil basically the reason he still had a job was that he provided some armor for James Dolan and Tim Bonteps actually wrote this he said hey James Dolan is the lesser of two evils now if he's gonna meddle as opposed to Phil Jackson and so I think the PR just got to be so bad with Jackson with this latest Porzingis thing and pissing off Mel that like Dolan felt like all right I I gotta do this now and this opens the door for the question of how much leverage does Mel have now I mean we just went through the mock-off season one of the first things you wanted to do was the buyout negotiations between Mr. Feldman acting as the Knicks GM and you as the player agent slash mellow. Yeah. And, and by the way, thank God we got that first day of the mock off season in because those Phil jokes that Feldman had were, were hilarious. And I'm glad that uh, we got those in before. Oh yeah. The the report of him falling asleep during the workout probably didn't help things much. Jay Williams said that a draftee told him that Phil fell asleep during his workout. So yeah, I so, mean, one of the, one of the big pieces of frustration here for me, and very little of this has come in the last few months, so it's not any sort of big change, is that this is not a quick fix of a position. The money that they have in Noah, the money they have potentially in Courtney Lee, those sorts of things aren't going to be changing right away. Even if they buy Mellow out, he's going to have a lot of money on the books. And so it's good that this happened. I wish it would have happened earlier. And also, what does this do for Hornacek? What does this do for the coaching staff? I mean, they've been, I mean, Hornacek could doesn't have to coach the triangle he's done a good you know i thought he did a nice job on the suns not doing that so all of this stuff just becomes so much more open yeah it does and and i mean the odds are that dolan will still screw this next thing up i mean he's been doing that for 15 years now Uh, but i mean i think i don't know if anybody could be worse than phil was at least like at least they're gonna run like a real nba offense now you know at least at least like the knicks cannot just be this laughing stock in nba circles where like they can't even get free agents either and now you know obviously with the noah contract they're certainly quite hamstrung going forward but uh at least it can be a little bit of a new day in new york right now anything else you want to say on this before we, we got some other stuff we got to hit here too what are the odds isaiah gets the job <laughs> 
Oh man, boy. I, I mean, Frank Frank Isola just like he may not sleep for like three months now. At this point, he, he's just got to be. It's got to be completely crazy. It's uh, I can't wait for all this. Uh, but yeah, God, it really could be Isaiah, or or maybe at the very least, it'll be Isaiah like you know getting the job on a temporary basis while they look for another candidate, or or Dolan will be taking a bunch of advice for him. Like it, I guarantee you that Isola will be writing like some kind of a column about Isaiah Thomas like being involved in Nick's decisions in the next six months. Like it's gonna it's gonna happen. I could had completely forgotten about that aspect. Well, we have other news. Let's talk about it. The other thing, which of course we touched on in the mock off season as well, I won't spoil that if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, but Woj reporting that Boston's plan is to try to sign Gordon Hayward and then make a trade for Paul George. The problem there being that Boston would have to wait for a decision from Gordon Hayward before they really could move in for George because hard to imagine that George would want to stay there if they're not championship contenders. And they're probably not if they make it a trade for George without getting him. Uh, and I think at least some modicum of thought that George could stay in Boston has got to be part of this deal if you're going to give up significant assets. And Boston certainly has the ability to give the best package for George. It's just a question of whether they want to do it. We've talked before on draft night about how the Lakers package and the use of those two picks means it is exceedingly unlikely that the Lakers could get George this year unless they're really willing to throw in like some first rounders much later on. It certainly seems that Kevin Love's trade value is perhaps lower than we would have thought. Uh, and that was another thing we saw on the mock off season too. So it's the idea of Cleveland getting George, you know, Boston certainly can come up with the best offer. And with some of the stuff that's out there, if I'm Indiana, they're not really going to be enticed to move. We talked about maybe Denver is another option. They apparently haven't come up with a particularly enticing offer either. And, you know, maybe that report could be an example of a deal getting reported once like the deal is already dead and so I think Boston doesn't have too much risk now if they just w- wait around they know they can have the best offer I think the Pacers will wait for them to come with the best offer it's just a question of what that's going to be and obviously basically two of the three of Marcus Smart Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder would probably have to be in a deal like that uh, they would have to get up to 14.5 million in salary aggregated together to pick up Paul George and Boston's going to have a lot of other complications too as far as signing Hayward they might have to move Terry Rozier they got their draft picks Yavusele and Zizic what's going to happen with those guys their cap holds could complicate things as first round picks even if they haven't signed so lots lots of issues there but I think it, it will be doable just and again because they have so many assets it's just a question of are they really going to throw in anything that's premium and I would consider their premium assets to be Jalen Brown Jason Tatum Brooklyn pick next year the Philly slash Sacramento pick and maybe that Memphis pick is, is on the borderline that one's top eight protected in 2019 and then six the next year and unprotected in 2021 what's remarkable about the Celtics position here is that they can make the best offer if they want to treat George as a long-term purchase or like, like a long-term acquisition they also have the best offer if he's a rental and in many ways they will be negotiating with themselves and Pritchard resolve to see where in that kind of continuum they fit in what Indiana is willing to accept because if really what they're looking at is losing Paul George for nothing especially if they're let's say for whatever reason they're reluctant to pay him the designated veteran should he qualify after this year I don't know if that's true 
true. I don't know. Then Boston gets so much leverage because even their bad offers are better than the Lakers offer. And why would Indiana choose to facilitate that? So can they squeeze more out of Boston through sheer force of will? Maybe a little bit. Maybe they can get closer to the Memphis pick. But like when we were negotiating, I thought I thought Boston could get out of that without giving up Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Yeah, it might be possible at least Brown or Tatum help a little bit for salary matching purposes as well. So that's maybe part of a reason to include them. But I mean, Boston doesn't have any bad salary on the books either you know, that the Pacers could take back to equalize things. And so I think really your only fear now, if you're Boston, is like clearly the Lakers offer wasn't good enough or they would have pulled the trigger already, is that the Cavs can somehow get more for Kevin Love. And I think, you know, if Cleveland really wants to go all in, if they offered an unprotected 2021, 20, 2022 or 2023 pick in that deal, it might start to get pretty enticing. But or even if it had like some light protection, you know, top three or something, because Cleveland probably is going to be pretty bad around that time. Uh, I well, but would... it gets into the, the perils of the GM job in the abstract versus in practical terms, because, yes, that is that is the kind of thing that gives you a good reputation after you've already been fired. Yeah, per- perhaps so. And also it is uh, from the Cleveland side. Do you feel like, hey, we got to put all our chips in here because getting Paul George and getting him to stay is the only way we can get LeBron to stay at this point, right? And how much of this LeBron to LA stuff is a bluff to just get uh, Cleveland to throw in a bunch of assets now to go get Paul George or you know to do more of LeBron's bidding because LeBron doesn't care if you know, he might still be around in 2021, but if it's 2023 or something like that, he doesn't care if they give up a, a pick then. So yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. I mean, I think that's, it's sounding like with Love's lower trade value, that might be what Cleveland would have to do. Obviously, obviously Shetty Osmond could be another piece there. And it doesn't seem like any other team that just would want Paul George for a rental for a year to try and get, make a run from like 40 to 50 wins or something is going to materialize. What other news? Uh, so we could talk about the uh, Gaunari, did we? I don't think we already talked about that. Was his phrasing was very interesting. He talked to to Premium Sport, and he said, and I quote, "The Nuggets are not yeah, my first this is choice." Translated by by the translated. way, and I think, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The Nuggets yeah, are ahead. not my first choice, but they are exactly at the same level of the other teams. Denver's advantage is that they can offer me a five year contract, while other franchises could offer me a four year deal. Nuggets are at the same level of the others. So I think what he's saying there is he's not going to take a hometown discount, but he's still open to coming back. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, if the Nuggets are going to try and get in into the Paul Millsap sweepstakes or any other bigger free agents, then they would probably have to renounce Gallo's capital. They only have 13 million or so in space right now. Gallo's capital 22, so they could get up to max space if they move on from him. And I'm not sure how great a fit he is with Jokic defensively couple things out of Chicago here. The Bulls, as expected, will not submit a qualifying offer to Michael Carter-Williams. He becomes an unrestricted free agent. This is per John Paxson on a radio interview on ESPN 1000. He also said that Wade and he have not had buyout discussions yet, but uh, there would have to be some advantage, meaning that he's going to have to give back something relatively significant of that guaranteed $24 million. And Paxson also said the decision on whether to bring back Rajon Rondo or not, who has $3 million guaranteed out of the 13.4 that he's owed next year has not been made but they are going to talk to his agent and we will soon uh, find out whether that is going to happen or not a couple other small things here what else we got Malik Monk is out of summer league because he has an ankle issue which is very disappointing you and I were both excited to see him play for the Hornets the Nuggets picked up their option on Mike Malone so now it runs through the 2018-19 season so one season beyond the upcoming one and Oakland 
Oklahoma City, something that you and I talked about, I actually wrote about this for for SI, they are exercising their team option on Jeremy Grant, which means they have chosen to have him as an unrestricted free agent next year instead of a restricted free agent this year. Yeah, and here's uh, consequence one of them being afraid of the tax, right? If he, you could retain him, they gave up a, a heavily protected first round pick to get him, also gave up uh, Ursan Ilyasova as well, who could have helped them last year. And to get Grant, he's on a cheap contract. This will be his fourth year now, so he will be unrestricted. But they want to keep his salary low for this year because they're worried about the tax, but they're risking losing him now in unrestricted free agency. Uh, but he, he might have gotten a pretty big offer in restricted free agency. Not sure yet. We haven't gotten to that point of the mock off season, but this is uh, this is a little bit of tax avoidance here. And, and let's, let's remember this one if he leaves uh, or breaks out this year and then leaves. We'll see. Anything else you feel like we need to hit? Yeah, a few things since we got him in the queue and, and we're on the line here. Jared Dudley will be out three to four months with toe surgery. Uh, must have been something where he tried to rehab it or injured it after the season. That would complicate any moves by Phoenix to potentially move him and his uh, two years and 20 million remaining on his contract. I thought he was a guy who maybe was a little overpaid, but could have helped uh, some better teams. But that's probably not going to happen anytime soon unless he can get back playing and maybe it'll happen again at the trade deadline that could be revisited. Uh, Mark Stein reporting that Utah has expressed interest in Ricky Rubio. That's not a surprise. Some of the discussion around Gordon Hayward has indicated that Utah, with about $16 million now in space, that they can just take guys into during this league year that they lose basically on July 1st with everyone's cap holds going up. Uh, they could take on Rubio, whether he's enough to entice Gordon Hayward to stay or not. I'm not sure, but he at least seems like a decent fallback option someone that they might want to have even for a couple of years at a relatively cheap salary rather than re-signing George Hill at a big number or trying to use cap space which they wouldn't be able to do if they're going to retain Hayward anyways but probably not sexy enough for me to to really sway Hayward but at least it's a stab and it gets into a a challenging question that I dealt with as the GM for the Jazz in the mock-off season which is if Hayward leaves do you want to stay competitive or some semblance of it because they still have talent they still have Rudy Gobert they still have Rodney Hood and you know numerous other guys they're deep teams so that for Dennis Lindsay who I believe finished third in executive of the year would be a very different challenge I'm sure he's not hoping that he has to deal with it but they need to figure out what they're doing at point guard ahead of time I mean because this is actually a great chance to get somebody these next three days yeah that's a, that's a great point by the way Ramona just tweeted that Steve Mills will in fact guide the team through free agency so probably expected there uh Isaiah Thomas will just like attach some strings to like the back of his suit apparently just kidding no indication that that's actually happening but uh it would be very nixy if that were the case all right thanks so much for listening this is just a quick one that we did here part two of the mock-off season is coming a little bit of that about 35 minutes or so is actually already up on patreon for our subscribers uh, for the seven dollar a month subscribers if you want to catch that and we will also be posting on patreon our written log of the mock-off season whatever ended up signing for we usually don't post that publicly because we don't want to spoil it but for patreon subscribers if you're paying for it we absolutely can do that since we assume you're going to listen to the show anyway and uh it won't get publicized so uh, that's another reason for you uh, to sign up and check that out and uh looking forward to part two of the mock-off season we should probably go to bed now since we're going to record that uh in the morning Uh, we will uh talk to you all then